now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. It's a Wednesday, and it's time for the Redbird Report, 101 ESPN. We do this every week, a couple of times a week. Brad Thompson, Dan McLaughlin with you as uh, we talk everything baseball and Cardinals baseball. And Brad, uh, as always, good to hear your voice. Last night, my man, that was a tough one. That was a kick in the gut for the Cardinals, wasn't it? Yeah, that does happen every once in a while, right? You feel like you got a game sewed up. You think it's going to happen, and then all of a sudden, a rookie hits a hanging changeup off the pole. The other team is celebrating, and you're walking off the field with uh, with your head down. So uh, disappointing for sure. A real like, and some good things that came out of that ball game, uh, but at the end of it. Uh, you, you ended up losing the game. You're still sitting a half game back of the Brewers, which I think is really good news with a team that isn't even full strength yet. But a tough one last night for sure. Man, what what was your biggest takeaway from that game last night, Dan? Nolan Arenado's play at third. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Who does that? Who Nobody. that play full head of steam going towards, like, first base? You about took out your pitcher, Verhagen, and Goldie, and then you jump turn and throw a bullet to Tommy Edmond at third? Ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was texting with a former player, and this former player played multiple years, Gold Glover, and uh, also a former coach, coached many, many years in the, uh, in the major leagues. He said, it's the greatest play I've ever seen a third baseman make. And his point was that not only was his back to third base, the momentum coming there, nobody at first, nobody at second, but... Also, the fact that everything's on the line. So if he throws that high, the game's over. They're going to score a couple of runs, and it's over. It takes guts to make that play. And that's the thing I love about the defense of the Cardinals. And it reminds me of the defense that you had behind you. Roland, Pujols, Edmonds. You had Yachty in front of you, but behind the plate. These were guys that would take chances with the game on the line. And that's what you have to be. You have to be fearless. And uh, we saw that last night, undoubtedly, uh, with Nolan Arenado. So absolutely. I mean, that that was one of the biggest highlights that we will see. And uh, I thought it was funny afterwards when Nolan Arenado was asked about it. He's like, I've had better plays. But, like, context is everything, right? We've seen some more plays that you might watch and be like, wow, how did he flag that down the line and then throw from a knee? But I think that you laid it out perfectly about what that meant in that moment wish we were able to kind of put a bow on it and say, uh, yeah, and that was part of the reason they ended up winning. We know how it ended in that ball game. So that is an absolute huge takeaway. But I got another one for you, and I know that this is one that you would hit on and did hit on during the ball game last night, you and Jim Edmonds. How about Dakota Hudson? Oh, yeah. How, How about this dude rolling out there, seven innings, only two hits, a big number that I liked, simply one walk, punched out six, got his ground balls, like this is the Dakota Hudson and Dan, the pace, the pace of game is so much different. We talked early in the season uh, about Miles Michaelis and him being a kind of a key to what you're doing. You wanted a year where Adam Wainwright didn't have to put everything on his back and say, hey, we got you. Well, Adam Wainwright's putting everybody on his back again. That's just what he does. I think he's a bit of a pack mule. But Miles Michaelis has done (laughs) his thing. And now Dakota coming out there, rattling off a couple of really good outings in a row. We saw a change in the second inning, his last game out as he was battling Hugh Darvish and the Padres. First inning, 28 pitches. I think it was like 14 and 14 with balls and strikes. He was falling behind. He was working slow. Like nothing about it looked good. 
And then in the next five innings against the Padres, I believe he threw 49 pitches and was just trusting his stuff within the zone. That's what we saw last night. This Dakota Hudson right here is a real problem for the rest of the league as he lowers his ERA to 276. The Cardinals coming into action yesterday, Dan, they had three starters in the top 15 in the National League uh, as far as ERA goes. There's only one other team that had three starters in the top 20. That team is the juggernaut Dodgers and really not the uh, – the three that most would expect is Walker Bueller has struggled. Kershaw has been on the IL. Tony Gonsolin leads all of baseball with his ERA. Tyler Anderson in that mix as well. And then Julio Arias. But uh, it's pretty good company. And all of a sudden, this Cardinal top three looks good. I love the pace. And I, I do think it, it coincides with him having success. Um, the start that he had at City Field was just – and sometimes I, I brought this up on the game last night, Brad. I, I don't know if a pitcher realizes sometimes – He's taking that long. And when you take that long, you're thinking. Sometimes you're just not doing. Obviously, your defense is back on on its heels. You were a guy that worked quickly. And the other thing I noticed last night, Gallegos. Now, it wasn't quick, but it was a better pace. And they've gotten to him as well to try to, to pick it up. So we know right now in the back end of the bullpen, you've got Helsley. Uh, you've got Gallegos. And you feel very comfortable with them. Uh, Henesis Cabrera was awesome in Sunday Night Baseball with four innings and picking up uh, the win for St. Louis. But you have to have somebody else step up if Andre Pallante is to be in the starting rotation, which for the time being, he's going to get some starts, probably gets a start on Friday against the Reds. So you, you got to have somebody else step up. Maybe it's Verhagen, maybe it's somebody else, but I guess time will tell. But you rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, and that's something the Cardinals have to be a little concerned about, I would assume, moving forward. So I was just joking around with the guys uh, getting ready for a radio show today. I said, uh, just building segments and, you know, the radio business, trying to build like a 10 minute block of different things to talk about. And one of just a random thing that was going through my head is the Cardinals now have had more major league debuts than anybody else in baseball uh, was Boy, the Cardinals are going to have to order a lot of World Series rings this year. Because, <laughs> because really, I mean, it's been all hands on deck. you got two spots in your rotation that are open. As you mentioned, Robin Peter to, to pay Paul. But there are other jobs that guys need to fill. So who ends up stepping up in different roles? And uh, look, Drew Verhagen was tasked with it last night. He hung the change up. That ended up going off the pole. I think that Verhagen, uh, it is really kind of confusing to me sometimes when I see Verhagen get hit around a little bit. And hit around isn't necessarily what happened. He's got good stuff, man. He's got great stuff. And you just wonder how those mistakes continue to happen for him. Because he'll have a, like a one, two, three inning, and then it'll be double, double homer. It's like, what the, what is going on here uh, with, with this guy? But somebody else is going to have to be in this mix and somebody else is going to have to step up i think I, I really like what we've seen out of some of the young guys you and i haven't caught up uh, really since zach thompson made his major league debut he gave four out of the cardinals uh, cardinals bullpen ended up picking up a save in his major league debut with, with the four innings i love what i saw to him i thought that his stuff played and honestly and this isn't a knock at matthew libertor but if you're just watching the two guys stuff in a couple of outings this year, I think that you could say that Zach Thompson's stuff is more big league ready right now. What do you think about that? A hundred percent agree. And I think it's partly due to the fact that you have Zach Thompson who pitched in the SEC, pitched at Kentucky, mm -hmm. and he's a college pitcher. So he's more into his body, meaning he's grown into that body. He's a bigger kid now than when he first was 
uh, brought into the Cardinal system. And I think with Matthew Liberatore, uh, his last start looked like a young kid that is hit and miss at the minor leagues. He's not quite ready. Now, you might get that one start that's, hey, really good. He's got it. He's got a feel for the, the breaking ball. He's throwing the 93 to 95, occasionally 96, and spotting it. But then you might go out the next time and that curveball is flat and it's just hanging and it says hit me. You got no change up, so you got no uh, nothing to neutralize a right-handed batter. And, oh, by the way, my fastball is straight and I can't locate it. That's what happens. That's the difference between minor league pitchers, major league pitchers, as you well know. So I'm with you. I think Thompson is an interesting case in how they're going to use him. I threw this at Ollie yesterday. I said, do you think that – Genesis Cabrera is what you did the other night. Could that be a precursor to a starter? Meaning if you didn't have Hicks come out uh, and, and is not starting and Flaherty has a setback of some sort, you know, how would you feel about that? And he's like, 100%, I, I think that that's something we look at. So it's they, they have options. I think they're getting healthier, which is the good part of this. They can, you know, kind of cover the, the the area to get to those guys until they get back healthy. But um, it is interesting to think about for the, the now and for the future, eventually, with some of the guys that we're talking about. Do they start or do they relieve? Yeah, and I would say this with Hennessy Cabrera. That First of all, kudos to Cabrera to be able to to be ready to do that, to tell Ollie before the games that, dude, I got four for you. Thinking in the back of his head, is like, there ain't no chance I'm going to give four innings. No way he's going to ask me for that. And ask for every bit of it. Uh, gets the 8th, ninth, 10th, and 11th against the Cubs if the Cardinals win in extra innings. Uh, but if, if in fact, that is something that is on the radar, and you know this guy's uh, started, uh, Hennessy has started in the minor leagues before, he can do it for you. Boy, that's where Zach Thompson comes in for me again, because I'm going to need somebody. I'm going to need somebody flipping that big time breaking ball coming out of the pen that throws, you know, he was out of the bullpen giving you four innings, but he was 95 to 97. I wonder what that could look like when he's actually throwing out of the bullpen, because you need somebody from the left side that you can really trust in a spot like that. And maybe Thompson could end up being one of those guys as well. Let's wrap it up with this. So you got Packy Naughton going tonight. Um, I, I find how Ali is utilizing his bullpen. I love it. I love what he's doing. I wish that Gallegos and Helsley could give you more than just the the one inning last night. I understand it on the heels of five and uh, four days at Wrigley, and your your guys are, are taxed. And he even mentioned it after the game yesterday. Look, I'm trying to win now, but I've got to make sure these guys are healthy for a full season. And being healthy is also being sharp. Um, and you have another double header, Brad, coming up next week so you've got the pirates with a a doubleheader at home so you're talking about trying to get as creative as you can and i I would assume we're going to see packy go through one time through the lineup and then he's out and then you got to piecemeal it again man it's it's been really touch and go with how you utilize your pitching but i i do think that ollie has done a really good job with it and has been extremely creative in how he's gone about his business yeah, I do too. And it's not an easy thing. And it's, uh, it's something organizationally, you don't want to be in this spot. You want Flaherty back. And by the way, good news from his first rehab outing, went three innings, was very efficient, didn't give up anything. He's set to make his second rehab start on Friday. I was out at the ballpark uh, this morning. Uh, Mats was out there throwing, as was Jordan Hicks. I mean, these guys are coming back on the trail, but you would love to not have to piece any of this stuff together. But I will tell you this, from a guy that had bounced around quite a bit in his career, Dan, as you very well know, I mean, you could blindfold me and I'd make it to Memphis. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where I look at this and I see nothing but opportunity. 
I see uh, an opening where somebody can grab a job. And I continue to look at a few different guys. I mentioned Zach Thompson as a guy. I think if Thompson does what he does, it's obvious that he impressed because it would have been really easy to just send him out and get a fresh arm. They didn't do that. They kept him around because they believed in what they saw. And I see a huge opportunity right here for Johan Oviedo. You want to talk about another guy with ridiculous stuff that sometimes just gets in his own way. Uh, You guys were doing the ball game the other day. And uh, look, in – Total fairness, Oviedo did his job. He went out and gave you five innings, only gave up three runs, two of those in the fifth. Like, gave you a chance to win from a spot starter. That's kind of what you expect. But I think that the ceiling should be a little bit higher for a guy that throws 96, 97, has a slider, has a curveball, has a changeup. He just needs to get out of his own way and quit overthrowing and just trust his stuff within the strike zone because I see Oviedo being a guy that can eat up innings, and maybe we see him piggybacking a little bit of packing on today. Or maybe we see him a guy when he proves that he can throw the ball within the strike zone consistently. Maybe his kind of stuff profiles in a game like last night where Drew Verhagen found himself in it, where you think you can go to Oviedo and get some punch outs. I just think that there's a lot of opportunity. I'm looking forward to Dan to see who runs with it here in the next couple of weeks as this team gets healthy. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun. Hey, buddy, thanks for doing this. As always, it's the Redbird Report, our podcast on 101 ESPN. That's Brad Tom. I'm Danny Mack. Uh, Partner, I'll see you in uh, St. Louis on Friday night at Bush Stadium. Looking forward to it. Sounds good. Should be a fun series. I'll be with you, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about some winning baseball. That's BT. I'm Danny Mack. This is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the Cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.